0: Hey there, I'm Sarita and you're about to experience the modern approach to well-being where you get to establish the best and most important relationship you will ever have, the one with yourself. I'm on a mission to help you declutter energy and reclaim your power so you can be a magnet to what you desire. If you're looking for the optimal blend of mindset and healing, you're in the right place. My goal in this podcast is to share tools, resources, and practices that will help you along your healing journey. I'm so excited to be here with you today, so welcome to Back to Here with Sarita. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Self and Breathe Stories. I'm so excited that you're here. If you remember, these self-embraced stories are stories of self-love and healing. I'm super excited to share with you another amazing guest who is a special friend of mine. Her name is Cynthia, and Cynthia Gutierrez is the creator of Embodiment Ritual, and she has cultivated a deep passion for dance and embodiment throughout a lifelong journey of self-expression, personal development, and deep healing. And after 20 years of dance training, seven ongoing years of somatic education, evolving her spirit growth since 2012, and recently studying trauma and the subconscious mind, Cynthia has cultivated a holistic approach towards integrating her body, mind, and spirit as a whole. Now she's guiding conscious moms to regulate their nervous system so they can come back home to their true selves genuinely enjoy their passion, and finally become the parents that they've always dreamed of being. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for being here today. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. So this is actually round two for us recording this. Unfortunately, we've had some technological issues, but that is okay. Cynthia and I have known each other for quite some time. We're actually very close friends, soul sisters. We met each other, little background about us, is we met each other about two years ago during a program uh, that is uh, by Manifestation Babe, Catherine Zenkina. Amazing, amazing transformational five-month program that knocked our socks off, literally. I For me, it like completely destroyed my foundation and built myself up from like ground zero. After my breakup, I met Cynthia in the Facebook group she had posted about accountability partners going through a program. I responded, I saw she was in San Diego. I was super stoked. And we connected and then immediately there was a there was an amazing like soul connection there. And we've been like buddies ever since. And I absolutely love that we have this ongoing relationship and to see how much we've changed and transformed over the last almost two years of our lives. So, so excited to, you know, get some more juicy info out of you about embodiment and self-love.
1: Yeah, that was such an epic journey that we went on together. And it's just, it's so awesome that we just continue the journey. And um, it's been so great to have you as a friend and have you by my side and staying connected.
0: So, and getting to create super cool stuff like this podcast episode. Yay, love it. Okay. Yes, um, this podcast is my baby. I absolutely love it. So as you have as we've conversed, um, our self-embrace stories are about self-love and healing. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about um that journey with yourself and coming home to yourself because that's something you guide your clients through so your own personal like healing and love self-love story i know dance has been a huge huge part of your experience and i would love to hear kind of how that commenced with your dance and uh we'll kind of take it from there and i'll ask questions as we go along
1: yeah that dance came into my life at a really young age um since I went to a performing arts elementary school, you know, I did a little bit of music and theater and dance, but I always gravitated towards dance. And so I did that all through elementary and then middle school, I went to a dance studio in high school, I was like, I don't want to do PE, I want to do dance. So I did that all through high school. And then I declared it as my major and got a BFA in dance. And I feel like my university studies really brought in that embodiment aspect that I am now, like, obsessed with and love so much. Um, But dance, since I was a little girl, has really helped me through so much and has helped me process a whole lot of complex emotions that, like, I just didn't know what to do with. I, you know, didn't really know how to ask for help. And, um, but... It felt like I didn't need to, like there, it wasn't that urgent because dance helped me to transmute it and alchemize it and and not just like, you know, transmute the dark, but also build a love for life to to really be able to connect with other people in the dance class as a community and be able to express myself creatively and have fun, you know, and yeah, so I felt like it just it helped me through all across the spectrum.
0: So that's so amazing. I love that. Um, And dance, um, you know, we've been talking about this, but dance has been a big part of my own personal journey as well. Like it was something that I absolutely loved doing as a kid. And I was super bummed that I stopped ballet and tap as a child and then got back into it when I was around 12 years old doing ballet folklorico. And I did that from, from the age of, I think it was like 12 to around like 20 years old. And so with dance, there was a certain level of like enjoyment and love and passion. I loved getting up on stage and enjoying myself, like just, and at that time, like it wasn't really about like releasing energy. It was more about like the show and the excitement of it and being around other people that, that were dancing as well. And then it was kind of an outlet for me in a way. So how has dance changed? because now you're like an embodiment practitioner, you know, uh, coach, how has trans- transformate like transformed from when you were a child to getting into like, <clears throat> your older years, like in an inner university level, like kind of creating that new experience for yourself?
1: Yeah, there was definitely a shift that happened. Um, and when I was really young, you know, it was all about getting on stage and the cool costumes and cool tricks and like, you know, um, more of the culture and all of that. Uh, But once I started, once I transfer, or no, once I got into community college before I transferred to San Diego state, that's when I realized like the ballet, the jazz, the modern, all of it just wasn't fulfilling. And I started questioning myself, like, Why am I dancing? Like, do I really see myself dancing for the rest of my life? And even though deep down inside, I was like, yeah, um, there was something about it that just wasn't nailing it for me. It just wasn't filling my cup the way it used to. And I was questioning myself a lot. Um, And so once I found out I got accepted to SDSU, I was like, all right, well, how about I just get myself in the university? And then if I really want to change majors, I'll do it then. Um, So I did that. And fortunately, the the dance school that was there was very avant-garde. It was very experimental, pretty weird. Um, a lot of the, the students that like transferred in, especially if they had been in like dance studios for a long time, like they were just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, but for me, I, I, I love a lot of like the weird things, even um, a little bit of astrology, but my Venus is in uh, Aquarius. And so just quirks Mm -hmm. and weird things like they just really catch my eyes and I get really intrigued. And so anyway, they started really focusing in on embodiment in a way that is more about your presence, more about who you are being and how you are experiencing yourself as a body, whether it's dancing, whether it's in partnership with someone else. Um, And so we did a lot of different body-based modalities like Feldenkrais and Bartinia fundamentals and a a lot of um, somatic practices that wasn't all about dance and choreography, you know, and and like and all of that. Um, And so I just got really, really interested. And it really started to push the boundaries of dance for me, where they would question like, what is dance? And can pedestrian movement be part of a dance? Like, do you have to always move in order to dance? Can stillness be a part of the dance? Or do you have to have music? You know, do you, like, can you dance in silence? And it just helped me to think outside of the box. And it felt like, oh, my life is a dance. And it just, I felt like just the barriers and the, just everything just kind of fell even more than it had when I was a little girl. Um, and that was just very exciting to me. And so I felt like that's really carried into who I am today and how I relate with other people, how I um, just carry myself throughout the day. And um, yeah, that's that's how it really started to shift and change for me. Um, and what's a part of what inspires me, a part of my passion to help other people also connect in with themselves as a body through their body and learn how to express themselves as a body and through their body.
0: I love that. And that's actually something I wanted to talk to you about is this word embodiment. And that's part of your, you know, your business name. And it's a buzzword like a lot of words out there, manifestation, self-love, like all the things, and there's different interpretations for it, I believe, from different people, different coaches, and because these words are kind of thrown around a lot, I believe there might be a handful of people out there, maybe some people that are listening right now that are just like, okay, maybe on like a conceptual level, I understand what embodiment is, like it's of the body, I get it, but what does that actually like mean? Like, how do I experience that? What is it exactly? What are some times that I've experienced it? Can you kind of lead us through exactly like what embodiment is from your perspective and like um, how people can like start to tap more into like what that actually is in their life?
1: Yeah, and there's so many different ways that we can start to touch in on what embodiment is. And it really does call come down to how you are and who you're being. And we can look to the body to get a better idea of how you are and who you're being. Yeah, so there's different ways that we can get in touch with our bodies. And there can be body-based practices, like let's say martial arts, or dance. Um, and we can utilize those practices to get in touch with how we're being and also to. Um, cultivate different ways of being like martial arts is a really well depending on the martial arts and also depending on how you do the martial arts it can cultivate more fire it can cultivate that that presence that feels like a warrior that's strong that's stable that has a lot of good boundaries and knows how to protect themselves and other people um or let's say like conscious dance that's just free flowing dance right that can be a really great way to build more watery aspects to build more fluidity more free expression right especially for someone that might be a little shy or timid or hold themselves back a lot that can be a a really great embodiment practice to look into how they hold themselves back and how to help themselves grow um and also in a more practical way that can be sprinkled in throughout our everyday lives um, is to do things like an embodiment check-in where I would set an alarm like five days. I have like a habit tracker app and I set alarms maybe like five times a day. And so when it goes off, I pause what I'm doing if it's safe to do so. And I turn my attention inward and I say, how am I, how is my body? Um, what are the sensations that I'm experiencing? What is the motion that's present right now? And I literally take 30 seconds to a minute to be present with myself and what I'm experiencing on a bodily level. And then mm. I can accept it as it is as and uh, hold an intention to how I want to be. So a lot of embodiment really helps you become aware of how you are and then choose how you wish to be. And so then we can turn to embodiment practices to develop different things that you wish to grow more as a person or, you know, in your life in your relationships and all of that.
0: Um, oh, I really, yeah. I really love that, that you're giving us an example of like how somebody can step back and quiet themselves and like get back into like basically their nervous system. I was mentioning earlier how so many of us are on like survival mode because we are used to living life a certain way. And as I've mentioned multiple times in this podcast, that our subconscious mind is pretty much fully developed by the age of five. And that also is our wiring, our nervous system as well. And so like All the trauma and wounding is there prevalent by the age of five years old. And so we grow up kind of with these same patterns of behavior and getting more detached and detached from like the bodily experience, like tapping inwards, unless we were, you know, uh, nurtured to be that way. Like we had a conscious parent or a conscious caretaker that was teaching us from an early age uh, to do that, unless we were not exposed to that most of us are experiencing this like sense of utter detachment from our selves, our, our inner core, our, our body themselves. And so I love how you're saying that basically it's a way in which we can show our nervous system and body that it's okay to be here and present in this moment. And that's, you know, that's the name of my podcast is back to here. So it's like so important for us to come back to this place where we can develop this self-trust and this like self-love and this, uh, this relationship with self to get back into, uh, trusting ourselves. So kind of rewinding just a little bit into your own personal story when it came to, um, because this is a huge, you know, kind of a huge transition from, doing dance and being a part of, like, a school and, like, learning embodiment practices and then kind of taking it into your own and then creating, like, a coaching business. At at what point for yourself did you realize it was, was there an aha moment for you? Like, wow, this is so much more than just, like, a performance or or um, something fun to do. Like, this is um, a way in which that I can, like, heal trauma on a deeper level.
1: mm. The first thing that came to mind was motherhood. Um, When I became a mom, I felt like I lost myself within motherhood. And also, I uh, became very dysregulated. And I did not know how to regulate my nervous system. Because even if if I did dance, sometimes... Certain practices can actually kind of reveal a little too much, too fast. And so even if I, I remember there were times where if I danced, it was like unearthing way too much and I couldn't handle it all. And so um, I had to learn how to regulate my nervous system and be one, aware that, oh, shit, I'm kind of panicking. I have a lot of anxiety and I'm lashing out on my partner or my kid or whatever. And then being like, okay, so what am I going to do about it? How am I going to change my behavior and who I'm being to calm myself down, to be kinder with my words, to ask for help even? Um, Because when we're living in survival mode, a lot of the times it's, um,
0: well, I don't want to make a blame.
1: Yeah, that could be a survival strategy right mm-hmm. or we we want to seem like we're we're okay and so we don't want to ask for for help because it might make it it might imply that we we can't handle it or we can't do it on our own or whatever um but yeah once you had mentioned that you know our nervous system will be primed in the conditions that it grew up in and even if Well, what I want to say is because once I learned how to regulate my nervous system and calm myself down enough so that I can be present and um, stable, even with when my daughter was having like a tantrum or a full blown meltdown, um, I realized that she then started learning like bodies share information. We don't even have to intentionally or consciously try to share information. Our bodies will exchange information regardless. So the more regulated a parent is and their nervous system is regulated, that information gets transferred over to their children or any child that's around. So that's when I started realizing, okay, when I change myself, when I help myself, I am already on an unconscious level supporting my daughter in that way. Now, of course, I wanted to, like, say kind words and be there and show her that she's safe with me and, you know, I'm not going away. I'm not going to freak out on her, you know, all the rest. But, yeah, um, learning how to partner with my nervous system was one of the greatest, hardest lessons and blessings that motherhood has brought me. And um, I'm, like, slowly getting back into dance nowadays. And I feel like that's helping me and my daughter bond even more. So the nervous system was able to create a solid foundation and the dance or even just being playful and creative and, you know, adventurous and all the rest that I felt like dance has helped me cultivate as a person.
0: That is just building the bond and the relationship even more. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. That is amazing. and. The fact that you um, discovered that even like a deeper level through motherhood is is so 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 beautiful. I've been learning a lot more about the nervous system through Mm -hmm. just going through like a lot of breathwork training and and uh, experiences myself and just realizing how much our nervous system and body plays in our ability to maintain not just regularity but also maintain like manifestations on our reality to be able to maintain like um healthy cohesive relationships with other people like there's so many things that we didn't know about our nervous system and the fact that trauma has played such a large part in the way that we function and operate nowadays and our how we are we were conditioned as humans uh from the dawn of time to be like our nervous system was actually designed to be a threat responder center. And so through time, like back in the day, you know, this is like caveman day, and we're talking about like being threatened by like a wild animal of some sorts. Granted, that's not happening nowadays, but like our maybe in certain parts of the world, but in modern day society, <clears throat> excuse me, where we live now is that we're not experiencing these type of things, yet our nervous system is still responding the same way. And very often, like, we are perceiving um, unsafe situations versus actual, like, unsafe situations. And so with embodiment practices, I kind of want to put these two things together, just so people can kind of, like, understand a little bit more. But like the um embodiment practice and, you know, for for you, like the dance, because there are many different embodiment practices out there, and then this um nervous system regularity, you know, that how do these two like come together conjunction um when it comes to like healing and releasing like the stored energy that we may be holding and carrying in our bodies and a lot of it sometimes we don't even know that it's it's there and you mentioned even recent just moments ago you were saying that like there was um you had you started releasing more and it was like a a deeper I think it was like a deeper practice I can't remember what you said specifically but it was like another way of understanding your body understood like another way that it was like deeper than it was before
1: yeah yeah I I think I need you to clarify the question a little bit because I remember you wanted to put two things together about how embodiment and nervous system regulation or trauma Correct. healing or
0: yes So how, um, really how the nervous system regulation and embodiment kind of come together cohesively to help somebody actually like release energy, because I'm just envisioning somebody maybe listening to this and being like, okay, like I go out and like twerk with my friends and have a good time, you know, whatever, at a party or something like that. But like, apart from maybe utilizing, we're using dance as an example, but like apart from going out and dancing and just having a good time with like friends, how can that, how can that really come help me and like a practice and like releasing. So kind of the, like, that's why I'm saying, kind of cohesively putting those two together. So, so someone can understand like how it can be met- beneficial to them as well.
1: Yeah. And I can see how, um, as a child, when I was dancing, I would allow myself to feel the emotions that were being unearthed when I danced. Um, And I would allow myself to cry, right? Or to laugh, um, or to feel angry, like shaking. I practiced shaking for a while, Um, like vigorously, vigorously shaking because um, in the animal kingdom, uh shaking is a way for them to keep from trauma being stored in their body so if there was one animal um you know fleeing for their life so that they wouldn't be killed um, by another animal once they were once they knew they were safe and the you know the race was done um they would shake vigorously throughout their bodies so that it wouldn't be stored into their system um, and so shaking can be one of those practices that helps um, to process the stored emotions that were have been repressed, that we're continuing to suppress, and that need to be let out and released. Um, and while it's so very important to process our um, emotions and these traumas, it's also so important to know how to regulate yourself and ground yourself and become present Um, because there have been times where I will go deep into an emotion and I'm starting to cry and I'm starting to cry and I'm trying to catch my breath and then maybe intrusive thoughts starts coming in that maybe um, remind me of a, a you know, horrible memory, or I start panicking about the future. And what if this, and then it starts getting worse and worse. And then I actually become dysregulated, and may even re traumatize myself. And so it's important to know how to ground yourself, how to get yourself back in the present moment and take breaks. Um, Because I'm all for healing, right? I, I absolutely love it. And I will be happy to create a safe haven for myself because like let's say you like you were saying going out um with your girlfriends to out to work. I love that. Even that can be healing in itself, right? Yes it can. Um Also, it's important to maybe if you create a safe haven in your own room, lock the doors, close the windows, maybe let your friend, if you have housemates or something, let them know like, hey, if you hear me crying or wailing or something, it's okay. I'm doing it on purpose. I just need to get this out of me, right? Or maybe you have a pillow that you can scream into so that your neighbors don't get alarmed. It's important to help process those feelings as well as know what helps you to calm down as well. That's why self-care like that. is so important. It's like mm-hmm. the yin and the yang. The yin is the self-care. It's the nurturing, it's the hey, it's everything's going to be okay. I got you. We can calm down now. Catch your breath, slow your slow the roll, right? And then the yang is like the active healing, the expression, the all of that. And it the, it's a dance between the two and they're both very very critical. Um to complete that cycle um
0: yeah like that. <laughs> Oof, that's so powerful and yeah that's like such an amazing um those somatic practices of like releasing uh cathartic i mean it, it's also very cathartic um just releasing i've done uh, i don't know about you know you all but i've done many sessions where i've like cried into a pillow i've like shaken. and oh uh going back to the shaking If you have a pet at home, most likely a dog, you'll see that they do that when they get off a couch or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever they're doing. You'll see why. I mean, you see when a dog does that. Now you know why. It's like just a trauma response because that dog has DNA that used to be out in the wild, Um, even though it's a very domestic (laughs) animal. And usually, hopefully it's in a loving home but they still respond the same way with that, like shaking. So that's why they do what they do.
1: Yeah. It's Um, like a reset button, you know, whether it's physically like when they come out of the bath and they just want to shake the water Mm -hmm. off or maybe emotionally where like they pick up something and they're like, Oh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different reasons to do that. And, you know, I feel like the nervous system that fight flight response or freeze or fawn, it's really critical. Like I, I, I feel like with a lot of talk about this stuff and being like, oh, like, it's a bad thing or it's unnecessary, it's super intelligent for our nervous systems to be able to do that. Um, And I feel like certain, you know, it's also trying to figure out what my intuition is telling me versus like survival response. Um, But I've learned to say thank you to my nervous system even when it's getting scared for a reason that it doesn't need to be scared about or you know there's some kind of dysregulation that's happening because it's just trying to get me back to equilibrium and i feel like yeah i kind of just want to start to shift the narrative a little bit around that because you know i feel like some people will talk about the nervous system and that survival instinct as like oh that was from caveman days, as as we've said, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's still really, really critical today. Um, yet, if it's if it's stuck in that hyper or even hypo, if it's stuck in that state for too long, it can cause a whole lot of damage mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, yes. and that's where the issue comes. Um, where yes. trauma then can start to um, imprint ourselves and
0: become lifelong issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is exactly how you're explaining. I love how you were saying it, the yin and, the yin and yang, where it's the epping and flowing really of life, like the emotional mm-hmm. wave that we have. And that's why it's really important to go through these practices where you are actually releasing what is coming up. And it's, neither good nor bad, and I like how you're saying that, where it's the reframing of these emotions and, like, the way that we have become. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that we've been on survival mode. It's not a bad thing that you've been conditioned since you're five years old. It's not a bad thing that, like, there's trauma. I mean, we everybody has it. Like, every single person that's on this planet has experienced it, and so it's just um, learning what works for you in your own self-practices of Uh, releasing what comes what is coming up because just like you said no matter what kind of vibration you're in it's not the best to like stay in that hyper or hypo like state so beautifully said I wanted to transition now into a little bit more about and we've been talking about this quite a bit but before actually before we jump into that mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you just your own personal self-love um with everything that you've shared which is a lot of juicy information mm-hmm. with like your dance and your embodiment mm-hmm. and all the things just your own personal like takeaway love story um self-love um story uh, embrace story when it comes to finding yourself through these practices. And I know you shed a little bit of light on it when you said like, yeah, when I became a mom, that's when things really started like falling into place. So anything else you want to add to that around specifically like the relationship with self and coming home to your to yourself?
1: The practice that I'm in right now is um, embodied meditation. And it is really beautiful because I feel like it's a yin kind of way to reconnect with myself and build resiliency and learn how to be present, not just with myself but with with other people, especially those that I love. And um, when I first started the practice, you know, it was mostly about like getting the fundamentals, simple practices, um, but after maybe about four or five weeks, I started getting into compassionate practices. And I became aware of the negative self-talk that I had, or the worries that would come about, or the judgments of other people. Mm -hmm. And even though I would, you know, be aware of it in the past, and I'm just like, oh, I would just kind of distract myself or whatever, the tendency was still there right? It was like this yeah. unconscious practice that was this broken record on repeat. And so when I got into that um, embodied meditation practice, I had the opportunity to be like, okay, if I really want to shift this, because there was a time where I'm like, this is a little concerning, like, I'm, I, I really don't want to continue this habit, right? I then had the the opportunity to really get real with my thoughts and the way that I perceive the world or like the negativity bias where just like all the shit that's going wrong is is just like front and center and I'm in a bad mood and maybe taking it out on other people. Um, and embodied meditation was really helpful for me to be aware, face it, sit with it, and also practice being compassionate, practice being kind, practice being loving to myself, even those really screwed up thoughts that were floating in and around my mind, Um, just continuing to focus on the good. And even though, you know, it could start to go into like spiritual bypassing or whatever, but also it's like kind of the balance of like, okay, for so long I have been raised with this like, you know, like self-talk or hearing even my my parents... Um, argued a lot when I was a child like a lot a lot a lot of Mm -hmm. verbal verbal abuse between them and so sometimes when I hear a voice in my head and it's very critical or nitpicky or this and that I'm just like god like that just brings me back to when I was young and so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: being able to kind of like reps at the gym right just put in the practice put in the time the energy the focus to love on myself to be kind on myself to be like hey I acknowledge this thought and also I still love myself for it. You know, I still love myself. I'm still here being kind. And that eventually grew to the point where those thoughts didn't, they started to lose their power. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so many times it's brought me to tears because it wasn't just thinking about it conceptually, oh yeah, okay, I get it. And saying affirmations, right? When, and it's almost like, what good is that yeah. if you don't actually feel it? If yes. you don't actually get that frequency throughout your cells and your body and your tissues and your whole being. And so that's why I feel like I had a really big breakthrough recently, um, cultivating that self-love for myself and
0: being able to share that with other people. Oof, I love that. It gave me chills <laughs> because I know, like I've seen, I've seen the transformation. That's like what makes this conversation so unique is that um, I already know like so much of what you've been, what you've gone through and the transformation and the deep work and like the processes you've gone through and all the things. So it just hits, it hits home for me. And um, I love that you're sharing that with our audience or my audience, but then also, um, you know, in your business, which I would love to transition and talk about a little bit. And so embodiment, your um, your embodiment uh, business, you help conscious moms and um, help them, you know, with coming home to themselves as well through these uh, practices and stuff. So I remember you saying that you have a program coming up very soon. We've talked a lot about embodiment. We've talked about a lot of like semantic practices and things like that. What is it that's coming up for you that is launching that you want to share with uh, people? And I will make sure to put the in the show notes like your contact information so people can get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been really focused on, you know, conscious moms um, as of late. Although once I started talking about embodied meditation, I started noticing like other friends and people that aren't moms, they were really interested in it. I'm like, yeah, of course, like embodied meditations for everyone, of course. Yes. Um, and so the embodied meditation group coaching program that I am launching this month is open to um, the wider pro- public, not just moms. Exactly. Um, although, you know, I have a very soft spot for moms and I feel like it's... You know, I really do want to help moms. And so I really hope that other moms do um, join in on this program because it's it's so, so helpful when as a mom, you know, being so busy, always focusing on other people, taking care of the house, taking care of the pets, taking care of the kids and all the rest. It's like it, it's so crucial for us to really um, take that time to dedicate time and space to give back to ourselves. And of course, along with, with other people, um, you know, just conscious folks, like in the society that we live in, it's distraction and being busy and always on the treadmill, you know, it's, it's, um, it's so important to slow down. And, um, so yeah, the embodied meditation group coaching program is really designed to help conscious people to connect with and, become who they truly are um, as well as build resiliency in a more you know yin kind of way and to be present with the ones that they love um, mm-hmm. and so I believe I have it as like an eight-week group coaching program and I'm just so excited um, because I feel like it's just a, it's a really great way to start to take back our power Um, There was a Uh reel that I had put out recently that said, you know, time is not found, it is created. And there's so, So, it's so often that we just allow people, other people's expectations or schedules or errands or to-do lists and all the rest to just start to take control of ourselves. And... I feel like embodied meditation has been a really simple and profound way for me to be like everything's gonna be okay even when i pause take a seat or stand up even um i even have like more embodied check-in styles um like i had mentioned before where it's not a full-blown 10-minute meditation practice but i just pause and do those embodiment techniques to check in with myself um But yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful
0: way to, to take back our power. Amazing. Embodiment meditation, eight week group coaching program with Cynthia Mm -hmm. Gutierrez. I love it. I love it. I know that um, that's transformational work and it is uh, definitely needed. So open to anybody that's interested. Again, I'll have her information, uh, her Instagram, and then the way you can get hold of Cynthia so you can join the program. It sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear more about it. And um, yeah, to see. by the way, I wanted to share that
1: I'm going to be doing a um, a free masterclass on the 22nd. So I'm going to be um, sharing how you can easily and effortlessly sustain a meditation practice, even if you're super busy, even if there's too much on your plate. Um, I really want to support people in that because that's really where it starts. Like we can learn about and learn about embodiment and techniques and this and that. But unless you're actually doing it and practicing it, then... It's just information that goes in one ear and out the other, and it, you know,
0: it it won't really serve its purpose in the way that it's meant to. Amazing. So that's August 22nd. This episode airs, I believe, on the 14th. So yay, great. So we'll put that information in as well. I did want to um, mention one quick thing that you said, and it was something that I actually read last night, so it's like super aligned, is that time is not... Um, it's not uh, lost, it's created, I, I think you said it differently, but it is created, we um we do give our power away to a lot of different things, and like time is a, um. and I was reading, this is like a very spiritual book that I'm reading, but it was mentioning how time is like such a, it's a construct, it's basically like not even, like we're, we are not like, we're susceptible to time when we think we're susceptible to time, just like, for example, and he was using the um, image of like, when you uh, go to sleep, and you're asleep for, let's say, like five, six hours or something, you feel as though like no time has passed, right? Or if you're like hanging out with a really good friend, like we're doing right now, we're just having an organic, wonderful conversation, it's already been 43 minutes, it doesn't feel like that at all, because we're having a really good time. So it's like, Time is like a construct that's created in our mind and we don't, it doesn't really have as much power over us as we think it does. And so um, creating like, and one of the things that I say to people that I've worked with in the past clients is that it's not a, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of creating time, right? Creating the time for. So whatever you're doing, that's taking too much time and energy out of your life that's depleting you and maybe not giving you the time and energy that you want to give towards the thing that you actually want to do, then it's time to let go of that thing that's keeping you. I'm just going to use like, you know, watching Netflix every single night for like three hours or something like that. It's depleting you from doing something, maybe like going to the gym or like eating more healthy or whatever it is. Like there is time. It's creating the time and making the time for the things that actually light you up and Bring you joy. Totally. Yes. Yes. Love it. And the final question that I always love asking my guests is actually two questions. There would be a two part question. What is self love to Cynthia? (laughs) Aw <laughs> I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Aww, it's okay. Um we can cry here.
1: <laughs> Self love. I feel like Gosh, there's so many hold on, just give me one minute. So there's a lot of images flashing through my mind right now. I think that's why I'm like, where do I start? Because there was like a whole mm-hmm. timeline going on mm-hmm. in my mind. And it mm-hmm. it was of all the memories that I've had where I had a knowing. I had a knowing about something. I had a calling. My intuition, my higher self was telling me to do something or not do something. It was mostly to do something. And A lot of the times, that thing that it was guiding me to had a lot of people concerned or advising against it or making me self-guess myself, you know, and um, second-guess myself. And uh, every time that I honored that inner voice and trusted myself and did the thing, even if it was really hard... Um, I felt like really helped me to love myself and trust myself, which is like a form of love to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's so many times where even when something simple, like something will come up and my body will be like, oh, drink some water, oh, take a pause, Mm -hmm. oh, call this person. And when I honored that and uh, did it, I feel like, I don't know, there's something about that that just really helps me cultivate a lot of self-love and respect that nobody can take away from me, you know? So Um, beautiful. And even if people try to, you know, have their logical reasons to not or whatever, or, oh, that wasn't okay because of X, Y, and Z. I'm just like, you know what? I I honored myself and that's all I really care about because this is my life. I'm not living their life and I'm not going to sure as hell let them live my life. And so, yeah, there's just something like righteous about that. <laughs> Oof, it's I like love that. this love that's like... um like even though, yes, there's there's the love that's a warm and fuzzy and, and mm-hmm. just cozy, right? That reminds mm-hmm. me of like the mother side of me. But also there's that side of me that's like, this is what I stand for. This is what oh, I believe God. in. This is what I value. And I will fight for it. Or I will do what I need to do to like protect that. Ooh. There's that. Is that- father-protector, mother-loving kind yeah. of dynamic that goes along with, with that.
0: Ooh, I love that answer. That's so, 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 so good. I love it. Yeah, that's um, usually the the recourse action or recourse response is like the the fuzzy, warm fuzzy, but I love that. Standing in your own like power and conviction of like your op- authenticity. I love it. Love, love, love it. Mm-hmm. And one final question is... For somebody that is going through a similar experience, maybe a mother, um, wanting to get back into like all the things we've talked about, maybe feeling like their unregulated system, you know, their nervous system is unregulated. They're maybe just learning about embodiment practices, kind of taking like the step in their healing, you know, whatever it may be. Um, what words of wisdom do you have for them in this moment?
1: that there is a spirit team, a spirit family that each one of us has, and they are always working in our favor as long as we ask for their support. And there are so many times in my life where I'm just like, holy shit, I need some help. Like, I don't know who to talk to about this. I don't even have like a resource for this situation or something comes up where I just need help. I need guidance, I need insight, anything. And so I will turn to my spirit guides, my spirit family, as I like to call them, um, to guide me, to protect me, to love me, to help me. And miraculous things have come to support me all along my path. And so, you know, um, if there's a particular teacher or mentor that you're like, you know, I'm thinking about studying with them or practicing with them, like, you can ask your guides to say, hey, you know, is there anything I need to know about this person? Or if you're choosing between different mentors or something or um, like for me, I wasn't sure about this, this um, being able to do something financially. And I was just like, you know what, spirit guides, like if there is a way, like if I'm meant to be here, or meant to experience this, like, please help me because I don't know how to do this myself. Um, and yeah, there's there's so many things that you can ask for support on that may not be attainable through a human touch. You know what I mean? Love that. Um, So yeah, when in doubt and I've got nothing else, I just turn to my guides and they amaze me every freaking time.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yes, me too. I've had those on my knees experiences being like, help. (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh. Ask, and you sh- ask and you shall receive. Yeah. You do have the help whenever yes. you need it. Yes. I love that. I love that. Uh, I could keep talking forever with you. Yeah. There, there's something. Can I say one more thing? Of course. Yes. It
1: like it just was so loud right now. There's a yes, there. I want to spotlight the moments where we decide what it is that we want Making decisions it. are so, so important and, and powerful that there will be times that you may get fed up with something or you're just like, you know what, enough's enough and I, it's time for me to change. When you have that moment, you go internally to make that decision to be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready and willing to create this change in my life to to open myself up to it. That just yeah the you th- those are very clear signs to the universe that um it will move mountains for yes um yeah and for some reason I don't know I just wanted to share that.
0: oh no I'm glad you did that was um that's really powerful and that goes back to what you were just talking about when it comes to like how you perceive self care or self self love I'm sorry is that like standing in the standing in your authenticity standing in your truth standing in your um not only integrity but like your knowing and your intuition that like this is the decision that I want to make and this is the way that I'm moving forward and also receiving the the guide the the help from your 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 plethora of guides and support that you have here so love it totally. love it Hi, Hi. Cynthia, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Again, I'll put Cynthia's information below on uh, the show notes. It has been an absolute pleasure to connect with you today for as long as we have (laughs) since this was round two of recording. But it just means that we got to spend a lot more time together today, which was like very um, soul filling for me. So thank you so much for everything that you do and all that you be.
1: Aw, oh, thank you, Sarita, I really, really appreciate you and love you and just cherish your friendship and thank you for hosting this podcast. It's it's so great and I love all the people and, and just everything that you bring
0: to it, it's amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, everybody, we will see you in the next episode and as usual, keep being the amazing you that you are. Hey love, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you adored what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to leave a review on the platform you are listening to this episode on. By doing this, you are helping my mission to impact other women with their healing journeys. If you aren't already following me on social media, make sure to connect with me at Sarita Wellness to get your weekly dose of inspiration. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode, but in the meantime, keep being the amazing you that you are.